The Print Files, where we bring you the inside story on the printing industry by Print21, the people who know print. Good day and welcome to the Print Files podcast from Print21. My name is Wayne Robinson, editor of Print21, and this is the latest episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print, where we dig deep into the big issues, trends and stories impacting the Australian and New Zealand print industry each month. I'm joined, as ever, by Lindy Hewson, publisher of Print21 and of PKN Packaging News. Hi, Wayne. It's good to be back on the show. And we have got a lot of news to cover today. So first up, Amazon is the world's biggest online retailer and Print21 has just run an exclusive report that it's opening up a printing plant in Australia. What's happening, Wayne? Yeah, it's big news, Lindy. Uh, Amazon, as you say, world's biggest retailer, $108 billion per quarter is its revenue. Uh, It's just opened a new plant in Western Sydney, a printing plant this is. Uh, It's the sixth one in the world after UK, US, Germany, Japan, and Canada. Uh, The equipment that it will have in there will be a um, real-fed inkjet printer, probably a Muller-Martini Vario Perfect Binder, a sheet-fed digital printer. Amazon has told us, told Print21, uh, that it will be printing, mainly be printing in uh, the uh, self-published books. These are typically from unknown authors, who, and it could be a family history, only a run of 10 or 5 or 20, or someone trying to make it bigger is a novel. But the short-run work, that's what they've told us they're going to be publishing. Amazon, uh, when you go into the Amazon website, you can order every book in the world, basically. Uh, but the big books, the John Grishams and so on, they will still be outsourced by Amazon. Uh, the Amazon published books... Uh, it says they will still be outsourced. The small uh, books, the self-publishing books, they'll be the ones that uh, Amazon is after. Uh, it's a huge market. Amazon reckons 1.7 million self-published authors in the US, and that uh, will be hoping to replicate that around Australia. Well, yes, as you said, Amazon is a juggernaut, 108 billion US dollars a quarter revenue. How much of that, though, is from books, Wayne? And should local bookshops and book printers be worried? Well, Amazon started as an online book retailer, Jeff Bezos and his parents' garage. And today it makes up about 10%. Amazon doesn't release exact figures, but it makes up about 10% of the company's turnover, uh, which in Australian terms is a billion dollars a week. It's drawing in from books revenue. So you can see it's a huge business. The new plant that's built in Western Sydney, we don't know the spec, but it will have cost several million Australian dollars. Australian volume book printers, the Opus, uh, Griffith Press, they really, at this stage, have got nothing to worry about. Uh, coffee table book printers, children's book printers, again, nothing to worry about. Short-run book printers, yep, they've got something to worry about because that equipment can produce short-run work, and Amazon may decide to take some of that onto those presses. Uh, self-publishing, if you're a, a print business that's printing those small runs, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 runs, then, yeah, you've got big worries uh, because Amazon's website makes it so easy for anyone to upload their content the payment terms are all laid out there very clearly. So it's a, it's a big issue for, and, and many printers, small printers, of course, do that kind of work. It's part of their key work. So yeah, it's a big story and a big, and a big issue for them. Well, it's an interesting development because a while ago or a couple of years back, we would have thought that Kindle and eBooks were supposed to mean the end of book printing. Uh, yeah, but that actually hasn't happened. eBooks went to about 20% of all books, published books, and have pretty much stayed there ever since. It seems that people in Australia, and this is replicated around the Western world, they want to, the actual book experience of the physical book in their hands. All online retailers are trying to get into the bricks and mortar business, into other words, trying to take business from them. The bricks and mortar bookstores and all 
retailers are fighting back. And actually, this is good news for printers because visual merchandising, as it's called, in other words, creating an in-store experience uh, for people to go into David Jones, wherever, is becoming a big business over here. And, and a lot of printers are doing really well out of it. So ebooks, yeah, it's happened, but it hasn't really gone in the way that it was predicted, and it's more or less stable now. And COVID no doubt helped book sales, but one area that it didn't help was printed newspapers. And we saw dozens, hundreds of titles closed around the country, as Print21 reported. It's also been reporting on some other developments in the sector this month. Wayne, can you get us up to speed? Uh, yeah, two big stories in the newspaper world this month, in the Australian newspaper world. Uh, first one, ACM, which bought the old uh, rural press business from, from um, Fairfax slash nine, uh, is closing its North Richmond plant. Uh, that was the jewel in the crown of rural press, huge plant there. Uh, 100, 100 people will lose their jobs. At one stage, it was a world-leading site. Uh, ACM, though, owned by Anti Catalano and a, a private equity fund, uh, has got a track record of not believing in manufacturing. His model is publish only, outsource and manufacturing. Uh, and he, when, he, when he bought the business, there was nine printing plants around the country. Uh, when ACM goes, which will be at the end of June, that will mean he's closed seven of them, only two remaining. Uh, and we don't know what that's, what's going to happen for that. Um, there, this is an issue for smaller publishers because that site in North Richmond was used for small newspaper publishers as their printing plant. They would buy time on the presses. And in fact, even as from as far afield as Queensland, central Queensland, people were, uh, publishers up there were getting the stuff trucked up uh, every, every week. Um, it, it's an issue. Uh, News Limited has become by far the dominant newspaper printer in the country. There are other cold set printers, Spot Press in Sydney, of course, being one of them. Um, but uh, there is a move now, and this links into the second big story in the newspaper industry this week. Uh, a company called Today Group in Rockhampton, in uh, halfway up the Queensland coast there, they reopened, they bought and reopened the old news press site in uh, Kiwana that was closed a year ago when news pulled out of lots of regional publishing, closed lots of sites. That's been bought by a company called uh, Today Group, uh, a new business that started up by three well-known industry, industry people, including Paul Thompson, CEO of uh, Star News Group. Uh, and that press line, a manuograph there, can print 48-page full-color newspapers, one pass. That's up and running. Ten of the 34 staff that were sacked when news closed have got their jobs back. And they will be also be doing contract printing. And this, we think, will be a trend that will occur as the big corporates pull out ACM and news, pull out of regional community newspapers. The sales guy, the production guy, the editor guy, I say guy in the generic sense, of course, can be a man or a woman, uh, they will start their own small companies and hopefully resurrect some newspaper printing because we know there's a need for it, just doesn't fit in with the corporate uh, strategy at the moment. So yeah, that's the world of newspapers, uh, bad and good. Well, it's heartening to hear the good bit. Um, the dynamic between large corporates and local communities is always interesting, and it's great to see some smaller players stepping in. Now, in other news, the biggest printer in the country has been almost been not out of the news, really out of the news this, this um, season, and it seems that Avato's travails are continuing. What did its latest report reveal, Wayne? Yeah, well, it's just put out a quarter report uh, for the January to March quarter. And in that, it said the uh, heat set catalog business hasn't uh, come back to the levels it would want. Uh, that business, as uh, anyone in print know, was battered during COVID, partly because supermarkets didn't need to advertise because there's so much panic buying, they couldn't keep up with demand. Um, but that uh, catalog business, which is, the, which is the primary part of the Ovato business, uh, is struggling. Uh, the company said it will impact on the end-of-year results, and it isn't yet back at the level that it wants it to be. 
Uh, it's books business, it's packaging business, it's retail distribution, it's marketing services, all going strongly. But that key area, heat set catalogs, is still struggling. Mag magazines also is its second big key area also in the heat set world, heat set sector. Um, and of course, uh, Ovato now is partly owned by Bauer, which is now the biggest publisher in the country, 55% of all magazines owned by Bauer, which now has a stake in Ovato. So that business is fairly secure. Um, but the heat set catalogs, yep, they're struggling. Well, yes, no doubt uh, COVID battered much of the print industry. But one high-profile business that went into administration a year ago has had some good news, I believe. Can you tell us more, Wayne? Uh, yeah, Bamber Press, well-known company, high-profile uh, owner, John Wanless. Uh, yeah, you're right. He went into administration a year ago. Uh, John at the time said that uh, he suffered an 80% loss in sales, which many commercial printers would identify with, and also had two or three seriously bad debts. Um, that put the business into administration. Uh, the administrators got a DOCA up and running and ran the business for a year. Um, DOCA deed of company arrangement. Uh, it's just been agreed with the creditors. They'll accept 20 cents in the dollar, which means that when that business is, when that money is paid, and there's a $1.75 million fund to pay that, when that business is paid, uh, the business will revert back into the ownership of John Wanless. It'll be a slimmer business. 22 of the 54 staff have gone. Um, obviously, some of the clients have gone. Uh, but it will be back up and running. So good news for Bamber Press. Well, the DOCA, though, is somewhat controversial within the print industry um, and in, in other sectors as well. It's certainly not without its critics. That's right. DOCA is a controversial uh, uh, tactic. Um, it's entirely legitimate. It was brought in, deed of company arrangement, brought in to give a company a chance to get back on its feet. Essentially, it means that a company and its creditors agree so many cents in the dollar um, when that uh, agreement is made, the creditors have to vote for it. Majority of creditors in number, majority of creditors in uh, amount of cash owed. When they agree to it and providing the or the owners of the business can come up with the funds and they pay it out, uh, then that's they pay it, everyone gets back on a level playing field. Um, so that's great for the company. The jobs are saved. The owner's business is saved. However, the downside of it, the flip side, the other side, rival printers, of course, uh, argue and complain bitterly. They're saying, well, this guy, not talking necessarily about, about Bambra now, but in a typical situation, this, well, in Bambra's situation, they, they, um, have pay, they've agreed 20 cents in the dollar. So all the rival printers say, well, hang on, this fellow is paying 20 cents in the dollar to his suppliers and all his creditors. I'm paying 100 cents in the dollar. How can I compete with that? He's, you know, he's just been able to slice off a huge amount of debt. And it's easy to see both sides of the argument. But the company has been saved. Terrific. Jobs have been saved. Business goes forward. But for all the other printers in that area, they feel aggrieved. And it's understandable why. Uh, but it's not a perfect world, is it? No, it's not a perfect world. And we take the good when we can get it at this point. So um, I want to talk now about the, the global events industry and how that's impacted. We've spoken about it a few times about how COVID has sent all the big events online. And one of those that was impacted um, was DScoop, the world's biggest user event for HP Indigo printers, which has just taken place. Now, what were the main themes this year, Wayne? Uh, yep, that's right. The world's biggest graphic arts user event. 3,000 printers around the world took part this time, of course, in the online version. Uh, to answer your question, technology and community, uh, Haim Levitt said, Haim Levitt said they, were the, they were the big keywords of the group. Uh, the best session, actually, there was 70 sessions spread across four days. And the best session, or the one that I tuned into anyway, the best one I tuned into, was the Australian one, where there was five Australian printers talking about 
the uh, future and how they were going to emerge out of COVID, what was happening. Uh, Kelvin Gage, Andrew Price from Rawson Print Group, Ben Murphy, Clark Murphy Print, Matt Ellis from Luminar, and joined by Will Curry from Curry Group, which of course supplies the HP Indigo. Uh, and they were all optimistic for the future, all running businesses that are rapidly evolving, quite different businesses to those of 10, 20 years ago, all highlighted the need to be open to new ideas, to embrace new ideas, all working really hard to get close to their customers. And all actually citing packaging as, as one of their growth areas. Ah, um, packaging, and, music to my ears. In, <laughs> in, well, yeah, it, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely an area where, of course, you, know, you can't eat your cornflakes off the internet. You know, we'll, we'll continue. Uh, and that was one of the themes. So it was, it was a terrific roundtable uh, organized by Kelvin Gage there. Well, you talk packaging, you make me smile. And packaging is an area that has not suffered during COVID. In fact, if anything, it has shown stronger growth than predicted, as you well know. So it is interesting, but not surprising to hear you say that packaging is identified by all those on the DScoop panel, the Australian panel you mentioned, as a growth area. Well, Amcor, globally the biggest packaging player, has just released its latest figures. And what did they reveal to you, Wayne? Uh, yeah, Amcor, uh, they told me and everyone else that uh, all their indices are up. Uh, in the colloquialism, they're going gangbusters. Amcor now releases its uh, reports every quarter because it's listed on the New York Stock Exchange rather than the Australian one. Its earnings per share up to 14 to 15 cents right at the top end of its forecast. Ron Dillia, very optimistic, CEO Ron Dillia, very optimistic about the future of the business. Uh, and interestingly, referring back to the D-scoop that we've just been talking about, Amcor in the last, uh, last month bought a big stake in EPAC, uh, which is a startup effectively, two or three years old, world's biggest, now the world's biggest digital flackaging, flexible packaging printer uh, with dozens of HP Indigo machines uh, dotted at its sites around the world. Doesn't have one down in Australia yet. Whether we'll see one here, we don't know. Uh, but Ron Delia said that the company um, Amcor was actively looking for growth opportunities. And clearly, he believes that digital flexible packaging is a growth opportunity. Yeah, well, I certainly agree with that. Now, come back to events and circle around to an event that happened here. We saw the return of in-person print events, a couple of gold days. We've had a dinner event and the return of the Women in Print Breakfast series. Uh, yeah, Women in Print Breakfast. Lindy, and you took the Print 21 Women in Print team to one of the events. Tell us what happened. What, what's it about and why is it important? Okay, well, that's a lot of questions to answer all in one go. But the main thing was, uh, Wayne, we, we, the Print 21 women, along with many other women from print in Sydney, attended the event um, and we left uplifted for two reasons. Women in print is really doing a fantastic job of providing support to the, the women community in the printing industry across the board. And the other reason was that we tackled a really tricky topic, mental health, and we came away from that feeling that um, there are structures in place that will really make a difference. So I'd like to tell you a little bit about what I learned on the day, if I may, Wayne. Yeah, please do. So um, Debbie Burgess, who is the Women in Print patron for the New South Wales area, um, she spoke at the beginning and she set the context for the discussion um, that followed on mental health and well-being by reinforcing the Women in Print organization's three purposes. And I want to share those with you because I think that's really important. The first is to support the contributions of women in print. The second is to promote the effective networking and mentoring for women from all works of life. 
and thirdly, to promote career paths and encourage women to enter and work in the print communications in industry. And on the day, Debbie Burgess said, I believe that through education awareness programs, we can empower our communities to create positive change and develop a sustainable model to support the well-being of our friends, family, and the wider community. And of course, this isn't just focused on women. It's all-inclusive. And that we certainly got the impression um, of that when we heard the speakers talk on the day. And we heard from Man anchors Steve Gamble um, and Liz White from Life Foundations. And we covered a broad range of topics around mental health and well-being. Um, and we really explored typical uh, signs of stress and distress and crisis and went into all of those things. Now, it was triggering for some people, but everyone was there feeling that they really wanted to to dig deep into the topic um, and to hear them out. So people were very positive in their response. And the long and short of it is it led to a discussion on self-care, the importance of self-care and strategies for maintaining good mental health, which of course are different for everyone. And I think perhaps the strongest takeout for everyone in the room was this. To be an effective leader and an effective human in society, you have to practice self-care. It's about putting your oxygen mask on first. And when you take care of yourself, you are well-placed to support others. And that was a very strong and clear message that came out of that day, Wayne. Sounds terrific. Yes, Steve Gamble, who, as you talk about, there was one of the main speakers, is actually a regular contributor to Print 21 magazine. He's in every month or every two months in the issue. And uh, all of us who read his work, read what he says, it is so helpful. And him and other people, in Andrew Ward and others who are, who are taking away the stigma of mental health issues and treating it like you've, in a way like you've got a, you've got a bad elbow. As in other words, something that actually is worthy of attention, no stigma in it. Uh, it it's the work that they're doing is really good and really helpful. Leading a print business, leading any print business uh, or managing a print business is a stressful job. It's a tough job. Uh, and that area that you talk about, uh, self-care, uh, looking after yourself, being proactive, actually, in looking after your own mental health. If we're all doing that in the printing industry, it's going to be a much better industry. And the days of turning to excess alcohol and other ways of dealing with the stresses, hopefully, will be longer because they're not in anyone's interests. You know, you don't want people going down that track. So it sounds a, a terrific uh, set of events. 550 women went to the five uh, events that were around the country. Uh, so, yeah, terrific. It was terrific. And um, as Steve Gamble said, and I love his columns, I read them every time we, we print them. He said, health is health. doesn't matter if you've pulled a hamstring or you're going through a state of anxiety. It's, you, it's all health. It's the same thing. We shouldn't have the stigma attached to mental health. So, th yeah, thanks very much for that, that positive comment on that, because I think that we should continue to explore these topics in Print 21. And speaking of what we've explored, let's look at what we've explored today. It's, it's been books, it's been newspapers, commercial and packaging. It's certainly been a big month in print, hasn't it, Wayne? Um, that's true, Lindy, as always. And Print 21, uh, of course, as the media hub of the industry, is really pleased to be able to provide all kinds of information on our videos, our podcasts, our websites, our twice-weekly news bulletin, and, of course, in the magazine. Uh, on everything that's going on in this industry. Yes, Wayne. Well, you certainly do cover a lot of ground for the Australian and New Zealand printing industry, and that's thanks in large part to all your hard work and that, of course, of your team. Well, that wraps up the third episode of It's Been a Big Month in Print. Thanks for listening, and as ever, we do value your feedback. And can I remind you that we have four episodes of the Print Files Leading in Print series on the Print21 News website at the moment. 
uh, and on your favorite podcasts, of course, with Deborah Burgess, that Lindy was just talking about there as one of those uh, speakers, Sandra Duarte from Centrum Group, uh, Tom Eckersley from uh, Eckersley Print Group, and Susan Heaney from Heaney's Performance in Print, all giving real great insights uh, and inspiration into how to how they deal with leading a print business in the modern era. Yeah, they certainly are very well worth a listen. And I'm going to listen to one of those right now. That's it from me, Lindy Hewson. Time to say goodbye. And it's goodbye from this episode of The Print Files from me, Wayne Robinson. The Print Files podcast is produced by Southern Skies Media on behalf of Print 21, owned and published by Yaffa Media. The views of the people featured on this podcast do not necessarily represent those of Print 21, Yaffa Media, or the guest's employer. The contents are copyright by Yaffa Media. If you wish to use any of this podcast's audio, please contact Print21 via their website, that's print21.com.au, or send an email to editor at print21.com.au. You can subscribe to The Print Files via your preferred platform and read all the latest news on the printing industry at print21.com.au. You've been listening to a Yappa Media Podcast.